As a writer, the number one question that I get asked is, are you sure that that's how you want to spend your life? I mean, are you okay? Do you, do you, do you need anything? Is where do you get all of those ideas from? And that's what I'd like to talk about on today's Project Shadow. Inspiration. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name is Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my new book, Crucify My Love, which is available, I'm going to say, in most places. If the place that you like to read your books doesn't have it, please let me know. I'll try to fix that. Unless it's iBooks, I'm working on that. That's taking some time. So today we're going to be talking about inspiration, or where do ideas come from? But before we get into all that, if you haven't already, please take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithm to share the podcast with more people, and the more people that listen, the bigger the community, the bigger the community, the better chance we have of hanging out with each other. And after all, isn't that why I'm doing this? Isn't that why we're doing this? I think so. Inspiration. <laughs> Inspiration is a really hard thing to deal with because I don't know where it comes from. And any writer who tells you they know where it comes from is lying. <laughs> and I think that's really important because a lot of writing advice that's out there on the interwebs is people trying to boost themselves up and sound better than they are. And yeah, I could go off into the spiel that writing is a craft, and if you're not working on it like a craft, then you're not doing it right. And it is. You need to be working on your language skills, your point of view, da 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 But none of that matters without inspiration. And while there are some writers who don't believe that inspiration is a thing, I think the one thing that we can all agree on is fascination. Fascination for me is the start of every story. It's the start of every piece of art. It's the start of every podcast. And fascination and inspiration, if they're not the same thing, they're related. They're siblings, maybe cousins, but they're very closely related. When trying to do anything creative, the first thing that you need is a fascination. You need something that holds your attention, that locks you in, that doesn't want to let go. And without that, I can tell you from personal experience, you will never make it through the grueling process that is writing a book, or doing a painting, or any of the other things that require artistic effort. This is one of the reasons why I often distinguish myself as a uh, graphic designer and not an artist, because I don't usually have inspiration. I very rarely, I guess I should say, have inspiration when I'm going into doing a piece. It's more, 
I need to do this thing for either marketing or for a book cover or because I've been commissioned to do it by someone else. And for me, art comes out of a much more personal place, but to each their own. I do believe, though, that if you're going to try to sustain yourself as a writer or in any artistic field, you need to be cultivating as many fascinations as you can, because those fascinations are the ground from which all of your inspirations will flow. If you don't, if you just can't get the idea out of your head, if it just won't leave you alone, you'll be able to deal with the middle of the project. Because that's the part that's hard. Starting a book is so easy. You can sit down and start writing, whether that's longhand or typing it out. That's easy. It really is. You get a notion and you just start writing. Being able to sustain yourself through the process of figuring out what the story is, how the story wants to be told, who needs to be in the story, who doesn't need to be in the story, requires a, I hate to say it, but almost a level of obsession. Because inevitably, you're going to get to a point in the project. For me, it's almost always halfway in. Just after the first part break. When you just realize deep in your heart, this is the worst thing I ever could have done. This is the stupidest idea I ever could have written. I'm not up to the challenge of doing this. It's just never going to get finished. There's just too much here. It's a part of the process that is inevitable. It's more inevitable than editing or rewrites. You're going to hit a wall. Fascinations break you through that wall. When I was writing Crucify My Love, I had a set of images that came through my head that were inspired by a song, Crucify My Love by X Japan. I've talked about that a bit on the podcast before. But when I talk about fascination as being kin to obsession and the place where inspiration comes from, every day when I got up to write that book, every day I woke up with that song in my head. I heard Tashi's voice in the back of my head singing that song. And the images that wanted to be in that book kept pressing on me and pushing on me. And I couldn't let them go. I was fascinated by the story my mind was telling me was hidden in that song. When I was working on the sequel, which y'all haven't gotten to see yet, Sanctify My Sins, I had the song Sanctify by years and years stuck in my head. Every day. Every day. I got up, that song was stuck in my head. I'd play it and sit down and start writing because I knew the story was in there and it wanted to be told. And I'm not saying you need to find a song or that it's going to be that obvious. The inspiration isn't always that obvious. When I wrote the chain, my inspiration, my obsession, my fascination was exactly how gay could I make a story 
a fantasy story. Yeah. How gay can it be? Well, what if everybody was a drag queen? That's pretty gay. What if there are literal fairies in it? Yeah, let's do that. Literal fairies. (laughs) Because I was frustrated because, you know, I had been relegated to the diversity panels and not allowed over where the real writers are. And I just wanted to kind of play with the idea of if you're going to call me a queer writer, I'm going to show you exactly how queer I could be. And so every day it was a challenge. Like, how can I gay this up more? Is there any way I can cite a Madonna song today? (laughs) You know, just things like that, that just kept pushing into my mind and motivating me to move forward. It was a very intangible, almost like I felt dared like, Oh, you're going to call me a queer writer. Let me show you how queer I can be. And some of you may be wondering if that's why I'm doing a rewrite on the chain. And it's not, it's because I want to write the sequel and I don't think it would do the story justice. If I do the little bridging novella that I had originally wanted to do. And I want to work that material back into the book prime proper, but yeah, (laughs) you know, the fascination and inspiration are so vital to being able to get through and you will find it wherever they are. Sometimes it's a dream. I've written many a story because I had a dream about it. If you haven't noticed, I, I get a lot of inspiration from songs. You know, some people think that the chain was inspired by the song, the chain by Fleetwood Mac. It was named after the song, the chain by Fleetwood Mac, because as I was writing it, when I wrote the final scene, um, I had two songs competing to play in, in my head and kind of alternated back and forth when I was writing the finale of that book. And one was Julianne, I give my heart. And the other was the chain by Fleetwood Mac. And I just thought the chain was the perfect name for the book. And so used it for the book. That story was actually inspired by a song, but it was the song when giants walk by Kathy Marr, which if you haven't heard it, hunt it down, go to YouTube, search it, find it, listen, fall in love. It's a great song. And I love it so very, 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 very much. But that's my personal well. That's where I go to. If you are wanting to be creative, if you feel that drive to be creative, you need to figure out where your inspirations arise. Where do they come from? What is it that just gets stuck in your head and won't let go? Where are your fascinations hiding? Now I know what you're thinking. Wait a minute, you said it's easy to sit down and just start writing a story. What about writer's block? I have writer's block. I just can't think of anything to write. And I'm going to tell you that I'm one of those writers who does not believe in writer's block, even though I've suffered from it many times. And it's because I've suffered from it many times that I've learned that it's a lie. Writer's block means two things. One, this isn't the droid I'm looking for. If I encounter writer's block in the middle of a story, that I wasn't fascinated by it. And probably my readers wouldn't be either. If I just can't come up with anything to write about, 
that means that I have become boring. At least, this is my experience. So, your mileage may vary with that, but usually my experiences of writer's block are because I've closed myself off. I have not been experiencing new things, whether that be, whether that be learning new this, that, or the other, or encountering new music, reading other people's books, watching good movies, watching good TV shows. I, I've cut myself off in some way from that wellspring of creativity that usually feeds my imagination. And I need to get back to that sense of play and that place where I can write. It's not that I'm really blocked. The block isn't the problem. Anton Chekhov, and probably an often quoted quote that I think every writer's probably heard, said, if you want to work on your art, work on your life. And there's something true about that. If you are constantly frustrated, if you're in a place where you can't see the light, it's very easy for that to bog you down and keep your creative energies from being able to flow. That's by no means your fault. And that's where I think a lot of writers like me who believe that writer's block is kind of a fiction that we tell ourselves to feel better when we can't write. I think that's where they get wrong. Because then the usual advice is, writing is a job. It's not meant to be easy. If it was easy, it wouldn't be a job. And that's crap. That, that, that's just pure BS. Writing, at least drafting, should be fun. If you're not having fun writing your draft, then you're doing something wrong. Because if you're not enjoying it, your readers are not going to enjoy it either. I mean, you can try every clever trick that you want to, to make that work. But I, I really, mm, I, I can't accept this idea that if you're not suffering for your art, then your art's not worth doing. Now, writing can be hard. There, there are times when you just don't feel like working for this reason or that reason. You didn't sleep well, you're a little under the weather, your allergies are acting up. There are storms that are making your joints ache. All of those things, they can happen. They're real. And they get in the way of being able to get stuff done. You don't always want to sit and edit. Editing, at least in my experience, is not fun. It can be from time to time, especially when you really get into the moment and you get into that flow state and everything seems to be just working. And, oh, there's a problem. Ooh, there's a solution. And bam, 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 you know. But it's few and far between, at least in my experience, that that happens. But drafting should be fun. Those first initial versions of your story that you're working on should be so thrilling to you that you can't imagine that story not existing. And that's, I think, where a lot of writers are being led astray. Because writing is a profession. No, writing is a vocation. Writing is a calling. And it's great when we make money off of our writing. And if you haven't bought my book, please go buy my book. It's awesome. I love it. But <laughs> the, no the, the number of writers who get to make a living, like a straight up living off of their books, it's they're few and far between. 
it's getting better with things like Patreon and with social media helping people find writers that they never would have found before. I mean, it's it's easier in some ways. It's harder in others. But making money off of your books should not ever be your main concern. And that's where I think a lot of writers get their block from and their lack of inspiration. Well, you should look at the market. Does the market want the book that you're writing? I don't know. Did the market want The Hobbit? The market obviously didn't want to interview with a vampire. It took it a long time for people to start liking it. But if you're taking your ideas and bottling them up because the market's just not ready for that, well, that's where your inspiration is. It's in all the bottles. And by trying to force yourself to write some illusion that you've built in your own mind of what the market wants and what the market will bear right now, well, that's the easiest way to bog yourself down in a whole bunch of nonsense that you don't feel like writing, that you don't feel like working on, and that you'll probably experience writer's block about. Write your story. Because I'll tell you right now, it doesn't matter what's popping in the market right now. I don't want to be well-known or known at all for following. When The Hunger Games was the biggest thing ever, I didn't write a Hunger Games-style book, even though I thought of one. I had an idea for one. I wrote the idea down just to get it out of my head. Just some notes. I didn't actually write the book book because, well, there were so many. The world didn't need another one. And the one that I was writing, the idea that I had wasn't special enough to make it unique. So I followed along. I waited as long as I did to write Labyrinth of Souls. And I'm actually giving it some breathing time before writing Stone of Heaven, which is book two in that series, because of Harry Potter. I had some of the initial ideas for that a long time ago. But the Harry Potter books were so big, why would I try to write a magic school story? And then immediately after that, I think it was Paper Magicians came out. The first book in the Magician series. I think that was the name of it. But yeah, maybe it was just the Magicians. I'm not sure. I can't remember now. It's been a while ago since I read it. And I was like, see, somebody else is doing a magic story. and It's different from the one that I'm doing, but it's going to take the oxygen out of the room and people aren't going to pay attention to my magic school. And so I put it on the burner, a back burner. Because I don't want to be known as somebody who's following the crowd. I want to be me. I want to do my stuff. And see, this is how stupid that was. I put that idea on the back burner and then spent about four years not writing anything. Because, <laughs> yeah. I put the idea that I wanted to write on the back burner. And you need to watch yourself from doing that because there's a lot of writing advice that if you're trying to start a business and be very business-minded, sure, it's probably a good idea. But if you're wanting to have some sense of creative fulfillment from the work that you're doing, it's really not going to help you and it's going to hamper that creative flow that you're looking for. But you know what? If when The Hunger Games was really big, I came up with my own idea that I thought was really fun... I definitely would have written it. It's just the idea that I did come up with. It was kind of boring. 
It just, yeah. Didn't, didn't excite me. Didn't make me want to get up in the morning. And so, no, nope, didn't write it. And there you go. That, that That's it. That's all there is to it. That's all she wrote. So I hope this helped you understand inspiration a little bit better. Because you really have to find out what it is that moves you. That's where the fascination is. That's where your inspiration lies. Once you find that, mine it for all it's worth. And interesting things will happen. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did and you haven't already, please rate this episode and or podcast wherever you're listening. Helps out a lot. If you've got a buck you can throw my way, please take a moment to go down into the show notes and you can either click the Patreon link or the community support link. The only difference between the two is the people on Patreon occasionally get stuff. Thank you so much to everybody who does that. That really is how I'm planning on making a living. And I really would like to make a living doing the writing and the podcasting and all that stuff. So thank you to everybody who does contribute. If you don't have any money right now, you don't feel like donating, don't worry about it. Not a big deal. But if you know somebody you think would like this podcast, do share it with them. That helps out immensely as well. I'm also going to have some signed books that I'm going to be putting up on the website soon. I'll let you know when that happens. Until next time. Oh, wait. If you have any topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, you can either click the voice message link in the show notes and send me a voice message. Keep it clean so you can use it on the show. Or you can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. I'm C. Dorson on both. You can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. There we go. Until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.